If there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the ra- realities that unify us are already there. Christ praying for unity. What should we be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys in uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, here with your other co-host, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Howdy. And also with two extremely special guest people that you have all come to know and love i i think sylvia has been on here three times now sister sylvia staten also returning is uh keno kennedy i believe this might be his fourth time he's been on a couple different panels and stuff we did and uh great guy we actually met through the podcast uh sister sylvia we've known a little bit longer through camp and wonderful people today we're going to be wrapping up our black history month series, mini series, whatever you guys want to call it. We're going to talk to them about what all has been going on in their lives since the last time we spoke to them, as well as the significance of looking at history in that way. Um, but before we do, I'm going to jump into a little bit of review. I want to go over some of what our people have been saying on social media. Uh, first, we have had a lot more answers to that last silly question that I feel like we need to go over. Um, when we asked if you could only smell three smells for the rest of forever, I just picked a couple more because we had like 20 more since we last talked about this. Um, our friend Krista, she said coffee, bacon, and baked goods. And baked goods was just good enough that I felt like needed to be brought up. And then um, our friend Brian, he said Christmas trees, campfire, and fair food. I've never heard anyone answer the smell fair food. And it is just such a nice smell. that I was like, mm. you know what? It, it had to be mentioned. It depends on what day of the fair it is. If it's the last day, you're just smelling grease. <laughs> Man, that, that can be good, too. Um, <laughs> finally, uh, I want to talk about uh, on our Monday Monday, we asked everybody what day of the week their trash was ran. Uh, two people said Tuesday. Three people said Wednesday. We had a Thursday. We had a Friday. And we had an other. Niall hmm. Merritt has to take <laughs> his own trash because he's so close to the city uh, that they won't. Yeah. Take. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, if y'all were wondering when people's trash was taken, now you know, mostly Wednesdays. Uh, and now we'll go to today's silly question, which is addressed to all of us, but TJ and I will answer first. So guys, pay attention to this one. If you had to use any fruits and or vegetables as weapons in a duel, which would you choose? And you can have as many as you can realistically hold or equip, if you will. So uh, TJ, do you want to go first? I can. Please do. Uh, so, who am I dueling? Uh, let's assume the rest of us. We are in a four-way duel. What? That's not a duel. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I would. I think I would choose a a sapudia, which <clears throat> it's it's kind of like a pear, kind kind of like an apple. You know, they're similar, uh, but it's when it's raw, it's just really really hard, and the perfect size. To throw at people really hard. So are you just going to have one of those? Or are you going to use those for armor? Or uh, yeah, No, I'm going to throw them. I'm, okay. I'm just going to carry a bag of them. 
What are those really long cucumbers that are at grocery stores that are always like plastic wrap sealed? You know what I'm Zucchini? talking about? Zucchini? No. Eggplant? They're a lot longer. I think they're just really long cucumbers. Okay. I want one of those as like my sword. And then I'm just going to have a bunch of those horned melons like before oh. they're ripened on I me. thought you could only choose one. That says as many as you can hold. That's why I was like, okay, DJ. <laughs> what else would you add? Mm. Can I take just the leaves from a banana tree? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I would weave those into <laughs> like a, a curious a breastplate. I would wear that. Nice. Nice. Those are really strong. Reverend Kino, uh, equip yourselves for a duel using only fruits and veggies. So I would do onions and lemons mm. so that you can't see me and hit me back. I would aim for your eyes. Biological warfare. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, Sister Sylvia, you got to take us home. Give us something okay. good. Okay. Well, I, I want to go back to the, the smelling food. I love the smell of onions and celery. It just smells like holiday. But anyway, I would, I'm a very peaceful person, and, and I don't get in fights. But um, I like celery. If you hold it at the, the, the leafy end, that end part is, is hard, and you oh, can yeah. knock somebody out. Almost and like a I mace. Think, yeah. I would use garlic after I chewed it and I'd blow my breath on it and whoever was coming at me would stop. So. That's a good answer. That's true. If you have like, if you just have a really good sized leak, it's just like a giant piece of celery. That's that's an actual weapon. Yeah, exactly. That gets confiscated from you. Mm-hmm. At the airport. Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, it's, it's time to start asking actual questions. Uh, maybe slightly less important, maybe slightly more important. We'll say, uh, you know, just depends on how the rest of the pandemic goes. Uh, so the last time we had you both on the show was May 2020, which, you know, it's crazy that it's no longer 2020. But uh, what can you tell us about what God has been up to with you both since then? And I don't have a coin to flip, uh, but Sister Sylvia, would you like to go first? Well, I have, um, I, since, since then, I've been, I've moved into a new home. Uh, I've become astute um, and still learning technology. Um, I've learned how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I've learned how to be new at things. Um, and I've come to realize that only when I am a beginner at something in my life am I then growing, progressing, and advancing. Mm. And I've had yeah. to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. They say hard times create strong people. Yeah. Yes, yes. And this has um, mm -hmm. to try to keep a congregation together. As I stated, we close our church to further notice. I have a lot of my members who work in nursing homes. And, and you know what the coronavirus has done there. So I just felt like I needed to close the church and, and don't have any idea when we're going to re reopen. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. God has really stretched me, um, took me out of my comfort zone, which was not really that comfortable anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so Kino, uh, what's been up with you? What has God done with you since May? So, um, he has shown me, um, the patience and the understanding, especially during this time in the season, um, where <laughs> I laugh because it's, it's funny to me, but my wife and I, we started a, a company together where we're, we're going, cause she's a licensed, uh, therapist. And so we're counseling married couples and, and people who are dating. Wow. Um, but I, but I laugh because it's me and my wife and my wife, I love my wife. She's, she's a sweetheart, but, um, <laughs> thinking about Watch working with her, I know, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but working with her has been a, has been a real pleasure, especially, uh, we had more time and being together than we ever had in our marriage. Um, right. and, and this has been a, a blessing for us because it, it's it helps us to rediscover our relationship, which I think yes. is awesome. Amen. So that's really so cool. that, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's super cool. I could almost do a whole podcast about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I'm positive you could talk about Tiffany for at least an hour. So I, I'm in the middle of his relationship, but yeah, <laughs> I could definitely talk about my wife. I'm less than a year married. Well, actually, by the time this comes out. I will have been married for a year. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, wow. yeah. So our next question uh, is a little bit harder, is a bit of a doozy. Uh, but that episode, the, la- the episode you were both on, uh, was about the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, do either of you think much has changed either for the better or the worse Cha- uh, concerning racial justice since then. Uh, Kino, would you like to go first or switch it up? Okay, that's fine. Um, so I believe that what has happened and what has continued to happen is um, people are starting to see the injustices that's been talked about for years in the Black community. And now there there is a conversation that's happening at the dinner table dinner table for our counterparts, which is a great thing that they are actually opening openly discussing the impact that this has um, so that from the conversation, I believe that there will be some type of action that will manifest from that. Um, so so it's a I believe, there is just I'm always a hopeful person, so I know that there's <laughs> hope, um, and I believe that progress is happening, even though it might be slow and might not be um, as quick as some would like to believe. The fact is that the conversation is is happening, that they're facing some truths and being open to a discussion is the first step. So I, that's that's my take, and I don't I don't want to take away from anything. Because I know there are some that feels as though you know it's not enough, um, that we're still waiting for justice to be served for those who've been killed, and 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 we understand. But but the reality is that that the system was was set up against us in the first place, 
And so the best way for us to try to to fix it is to fix the broken system. But we have to have yes. a conversation about what's broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so so there there are some that we're progressing. We're moving forward. And if you're right. and if you're trying to turn a ship, it don't take it, it takes a long time for it to turn and go in a different direction. But the reality is, yes, the reality is that it is turning, though. It Mm -hmm. is turning. And I want to celebrate that. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually had a whole conversation with my dad yesterday about redlining. And I only know about it because Phil Vischer videos, which are kind of controversial. But, you know, he does a lot about just talking about racial stuff lately. That's the guy who did VeggieTales. And they're, they're good videos. I mean, they're really interesting as far as, like, learning the history of just the last hundred years is crazy. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, details. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have a silly question. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to trust. I tend to trust the things Phil Vischer says. He, he, yeah, well, he hasn't you know, led me astray yet. Yeah, we we grew up being trained to, to associate that voice with truth. So it's just like, oh, he's, yeah, he's exactly. probably right. <laughs> but uh, Sister Sylvia. Uh, do you think much has changed since then, considering racial justice? Well, I agree with the other pastor. Um, we're changing. I mm-hmm. think some of the events that have taken place had to take place. So it just won't feel like um, a certain race is just complaining all the time. And I think things are made clearer mm-hmm. on both sides um, through the events that have taken place recently. Um, you can't turn a ship on a dime, but like my brother said, we, we're turning. Mm-hmm. I was explaining to my son this morning that everybody has to come to the knowledge of the truth in their own time with their own experience. You can't rush it. I often say when I'm preaching, we got to wait till everybody else get as smart as us. (laughs) Only to realize that we're not that smart. Um, But I think this racial issue has been simmering uh, for years and years. And seeing that I am the oldest of this group today, um, I've seen a lot of it. I've experienced a lot of it myself through life, Um, you know, we've told people to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and we were talking to people who didn't have boots. So I think a lot is coming, coming into view that we as black people were not just complaining, not just making false allegations. This is true. Mm -hmm. It, uh, It really, it takes a lot to get people who grew up in a white neighborhood with white family and just, you know, just like that for their whole life to realize mm-hmm. uh, what systemic racism looks like. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I recently I so there was a quote from some video game. I don't even remember, but I, this I found was a really good way to relate it to that issue. And it says, if the punishment for breaking a law is a fine, then that law does not exist for the upper class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's true. sort of like 
a lot of people don't realize there are a, a good few laws that were created just to persecute black Americans. Exactly. Hmm. And that's kind of... I heard, I heard someone against. say, don't tell me what you did wrong. Tell me who the judge is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a system that has been set up to keep us down. Right. To keep us down. Um, I was watching the Lori Lachlan, um Her daughter did a table talk, red table talk um, with, I can't even call his name, Fresh Prince, his wife. Um, Jada Smith. Thank you. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and um, she was saying she was privileged and didn't know she was privileged. She didn't know it. You know, you, I guess you don't raise your children to say, you're privileged and then right. you've got an advantage. Um, my, my sons didn't realize they had a good mom till they went to college mm. and realized everybody's mom doesn't um, call them every day. Well, maybe they didn't want me to, but I did anyway. Um, <laughs> everybody's mom didn't cook supper. Everybody's mom didn't pray with them before they went to school. Everybody's mom doesn't bring you a pair of tennis shoes on a Wednesday uh-huh. afternoon because that's what you need right now. And um, it took them a while to realize that they were privileged, um, even black, they were privileged in certain ways. So like I said, it takes everybody a certain time, a certain experience for their eyes to open up. And I believe that experience last week opened a lot of eyes to see that we just weren't a bunch of angry people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. TJ, I have to ask, what video game gave me that quote? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll look for it and I'll I'll message it to you. I'm like, that's that a deep game. I think it was it was an image. I, it, I think it was from a Fire Emblem game or something. One okay. of the newer ones. Okay. Uh, but I'll, I'll look for it and I'll send it to you. Okay. TJ's yeah. just so much more bold than I. I. I quoted in like different devotional and like spiritual settings like final fantasy and kingdom hearts games before because you know that talks a lot about like light and dark but i've never told anybody that that's where it came from you know i I heard (laughs) what i what i do is the i heard once that (laughs) (laughs) they don't even know where i heard it you were carnal yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's (laughs) like knowledge comes from everywhere you can't pick and choose yeah yeah. Well, you know, the Bible says wisdom lies in the street and it cries. So, yes. you know, God speaks to you from everything if we yes. allow it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> to continue me picking on myself at this whole theme, uh, the, the one I remember using the like the most clearly that just was completely out of context. It was in um, when I was in Charleston, I was doing a Bible devotion and in Kingdom Hearts. Mickey Mouse is a king. And at one point they say, in the midst of the darkness is where you will always find the king. He is mm. fighting. And it was just such a good line. But I was like, yeah, it's just not about Jesus or anything, but people don't even know that. <laughs> you will make me start watching video games to get the message. Oh. I'll, I'll just, good ones I'll just send you my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just learning oh, Zoom, please. so don't. I don't need any more technology. <laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> backtrack a little bit. Uh, I, I know we already talk, touched on the topic, but uh, this pandemic has just been wild. 
And, you know, we've heard, or I've heard over and over, I listen to a lot of podcasts, pastors talk about the fact that, or sometimes it's not pastors even, even, but there's this constant reminder of, hey, no one has been trained how to pastor a church during a pandemic. That's just not part of your training. You know, it's not exactly. like, just in case the whole world shuts down, here's what you should do. That, that's mm-hmm. So um, just personally for you two, I, I wonder what has been some of the biggest challenges? I know, Sister Sylvia, you mentioned having to close your church down. What have been some of the other challenges you faced during the pandemic? Well, <laughs> that people were late, that were late for church or late for Zoom. late for facebook live you know (laughs) they've got all kind of excuses (laughs) still yeah and it just blows my mind and and i can't help but forward think how are we gonna round these people up to come back to church in the fall yeah that's a lot of studies showing you know how many people they think are just going Mm -hmm. to completely do online church now and yes you know, well, online and Zoom, it's going to be a part of my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. even even personally, I mean, I, I struggled. You know, I um back in December, my wife had the virus, and you know, we quarantined for two weeks and went back to work. But I was still iffy on that. You know, that sixteenth day was a Sunday or something. It was like two days after mm-hmm. our quarantine, and I'm like, well, we have a lot of elders at our church. Do yes, do sir. we go or do we stay home? Because you know, I don't want to be the guy who stays home from church all the time, but. You know, God forbid, if I gave that to someone, mm-hmm. it's such a unique set of challenges. Um, Very unique. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Kino, have you faced any specific challenges with the pandemic that you'd like to share? Yeah. So one of the main things for us is we're not gathering either, um, is having to wait to celebrate communion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because for us, we have an, um, we're governed by bishops. And so our bishops have given us a directives to not do communion until we're able to come back together. And that's, that's hard. Um, because I literally last week, somebody asked in my study, when are we going to have communion? And I had to tell them until we're able to come back into the sanctuary. Um, and, and there are some churches that are doing it, you know, uh, that are doing drive by and those mm-hmm. things, but, but we're not doing that. And that's, that's, that is really, really hard for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never, you never realize the impact of these, uh, the sacraments that we have until we can't even celebrate them anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, and that, and it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Oh yeah. I, um, I, I just, to add on to that, I, I remember back when our church was still closed and Elevation Church here in Charlotte did a virtual communion. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they, they were participating and I, I, I've had my problems with some things that Stephen Ferdy could have said before. But overall, you know, I know they're a church of God, a church of Christ. And, you know, I said, yeah, I was just so excited to be able to do communion. I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I don't think I ever really put much thought into. Yeah. It's real challenging. Well, I'm one of those that has um, done the drive-through. I I stand outside and I let them um, take the communion, and I've written out the scriptures and the order. I started making mention to my church: everything that I do is a lesson. Uh-huh. Don't just come in here and leave your brain in the car. Everything is a lesson. 
And um, I'd like to ask Reverend Kino, why do you think you all cannot do um, communion until you get back together? Um, for us, it is um, so sacred. It, it is, and and it's a communal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that the 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 celebrant uh, consecrates the elements, and yeah. the people are touching. They're together in close gotcha. proximity, and so that's that's why. Now, now there are there are some like like yourself that are doing um, drive-bys and those mm-hmm. things. Um, and I'm not. And there's nothing against those because um, mm-hmm. I even I even considered it myself. I want. I'm gonna tell you a funny story. So um, <laughs> I think the was it was April because we we shut down in March. So I was like, man, I, I'm gonna do communion. So I ordered the little wafer mm-hmm. with the juice all intact, uh, uh, all mm-hmm. in one cup. And I was gonna what I was gonna do was I was gonna have the folks just come and uh, pick up the uh, pick up the um, pick up the the elements and then just go home and watch it on on uh, mm-hmm. at home online. And the Saturday before I was going to do that, we get the directors from the bishop saying that we're not we're not yeah. we're not celebrating communion at all. I was like, oh, that sucks because I was <laughs> trying to think trying to think of how to you know get it going but yeah this for us is it's we we're very it's very communal like mm-hmm. most people it is um and so the ritual just wasn't won't allow us to do it okay i got you in a, in a, in a drive-by setting what's your organization what's the title we're, we're um we're amy's on amy's on okay i got you mm-hmm. well you know i i was worried that people may um complain and say we were doing it too casually um, but I also, especially in December, we, we stayed open, you know, maybe eight to 10 people showing up, um, until December. And I did another one, but I just felt an urgency that we needed those elements in our system mm. to get us through this pandemic. Mm. And, um, I just had to run the run the risk of people saying it's too casual. None of my people cause, um, complained. Um, but, uh, you know, other people looking on, I was afraid they were. But so far, I haven't gotten any complaints. But I fully understand your position also. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we did also want to ask what some of the biggest blessings to come from 2020 were. And you know, whoever wants to jump on that, it, go it, ahead. Can I can I say and and I think that Sister Sylvia would agree. I think you all would agree. In spite of the pandemic, that God has still kept us. Yes, right. The reality is that there are so many people who have been impacted by this virus, mm-hmm. not just by the infection. But the jobs and the mentality and, and yes. all of these things that that somehow, some way, God is still keeping us and allowing us to flourish. Yes. Even in this setting, it's it's amazing to me um that he is he's still doing that for us. And 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 it it could be the smallest thing. I know for me, the smallest things was when I had a member tell me that they had COVID and we were praying diligently for them that, that they were recovering. They recovered. 
or to somebody to say that they haven't missed paying not one bill, yes. even though they look mm. their hours were cut. It's it's those things that just let me know that God is still good. God is still sovereign in yes. just the trust in Him. God will always make a way, even in the midst of this craziness. That somehow we're still keeping it. We're still in our right mind. We're still having mm-hmm. food on our table. We're still being blessed beyond measure. That's that's what's amazing to me. Amen. Yes. Amen. And yeah, that is. To... Go sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. I was because I forgot the danger in uh, inviting two people I could listen to preach on a podcast. <laughs> I'll just keep going. We got all day. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've got man. nothing else planned today. So yeah, no, I, I could well, listen to both of them all day. <laughs> but but then your 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 audience will complain because they're preaching too long. Yeah, they'll get over it. But um, <laughs> as we did our first Zoom to see my elderly people pushing those buttons. Pastor, I can see you, but I can't hear you. Now I can <laughs> hear you, but I can't see you. And then when they finally got it right um, to see the expressions on their face that, you know, when I first came to this church, nobody was texting. <laughs> you know, uh, but now we're on Zoom. There, there are, Some of my members um, made their children come to their house and set up their Facebook page. <laughs> they only use it to hear pastor. Um, I, I have been blessed that um, th- as of this morning, I think I got 780 views from my message from this past Sunday. I could have never preached to that many people on one given Sunday. My sanctuary will only hold about 150 and and. And and 150 didn't come every Sunday, but um, <laughs> they should. But in, in spite of it all, you know, we're still reaching people. Mm-hmm. We're still touching mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, I had to tell somebody a couple of weeks ago, baby, I can't come to your to to your mama's funeral. You know, I'm 66, and I'm not gonna put myself. I don't know them people, <laughs> you know, but. My, my, I have a deacon that cooked a meal. I cashed out money for supper one afternoon. Um, we collected food for Christmas, and I sent that to this particular family. But in spite of um, it all, we're learning to have church without a building and learning mm-hmm. how to stay in contact without touching. And yeah. God is taking us, this church, church Christendom, to a whole nother level. And I do believe this is going to usher in a mighty revival. Funny thing, I, I, I ordered food. I'm not going to tell you where it was because this is going out. <laughs> and, um, you know, I take it out, carry out, bought the food home. And the biscuit used to, that was used to be a good size looked like a button. <laughs> and I said, my God. And the Lord says, you know, Everything is changing because they know they're going to be we're going to be so glad to come back to the restaurant that we're not going to care what size the biscuits are. Mm -hmm. And after all of this, people are going to be glad to come back to church. It may Mm -hmm. not be our regular members, but it's going to be people who have heard of us on Facebook Live and heard of us teaching Bible study from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Mm -hmm. And. uh, People are going to be hungry. 
after this. I just, I just believe it. I have to believe that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Right. Just uh, add on there that uh, what the enemy meant for evil. God meant it for good. Oh yes, yeah. Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Hey everyone, we just want to take a quick break to let you know all the many ways that you could support the Whole Church Podcast. Hey, on- hey Josh, that's going to take too long. No, uh, okay. Well, could you list all the ways that you can think of for mm-hmm. them to support us in 10 seconds or less? Yeah. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Support us on Patreon. Our cash app is in the show notes. Subscribe to the newsletter and rate the episode. All right. Yeah, that, that sounds and good And share to the episode. I guess we should let them get back to it then. Mm-hmm. All right. Y'all enjoy. They say after the uh, pandemic, the flu pandemic in uh, 1918, came the Roaring Twenties. Now, I don't want all that dancing and cha-cha or whatever they <laughs> Listen, I might yeah, dance yeah. once this is over, but, but y- y'all know, probably won't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, came the Roaring Twenties. Of course, a couple, few years later, they got the Great Depression, but they, yeah. there was a time of rejoicing. And, and I can't help but think, that God is going to bring a great revival after all, or it's in the process of happening now. Right. Amen. It's a, it's actually amazing. I'm glad you brought up the Spanish flu pandemic because uh, you can go back and see newspaper headlines mm-hmm. and comics and all those things from 1918 that were shaming people for not wearing masks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it's really entertaining to go back and look at those actually uh, just, yeah. 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 If you I don't, don't semi-related of history, yeah. you should do that. But uh, so this month, uh, we are dedicating our show to Black History Month because this one's coming out in February. Uh, could either of you share with us the significance that February might have to either of you? So, so, um, Ms. Sylvia, if you just allow me to just jump in. It's it the only significance for real is, is my birthday is that month. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> that is the only snip. No, I'm just teasing. But my birthday is in, in February. Um, that is why but, we picked no. that month though. <laughs> yeah, Kino's birthday. Yeah. Do, do you want us to send you a present or something? Special offer? You, you can. <laughs> the, the, the door of the church always open. Well, my birthday is Sunday, so okay. Oh, Who is it really? And I celebrate all year. <laughs> Amen. That's but no, uh, the the thing the thing about about Black History Month is that this it is a significance that that it's it's it is the only time where as a nation we celebrate history. But mm-hmm. but for us as Black people, we've been celebrating our history forever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never stopped. I can remember going to family unions, and they would they would sped out the history every time we came together. Mm-hmm. I, I know like it was in the back of my hand. So 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 it's it, the significance is just that the country's celebrating it. Mm-hmm. But we've always celebrated who we are. We've always mm-hmm. talked about those who have laid the foundation, whether it be um George Washington Carver or Sojourner Truth or Harriet Tubman or, or Malcolm X. It doesn't matter. We we've mm-hmm. always uplifted those and talked to them and 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 those things. Um but significance is that that we should not think that he, black history should be just relegated to a month. It's 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 American history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is American history. If you you cannot celebrate black history without saying that this is the contributions that African Americans have done has helped the country as a whole as well. 
Right. Um, and we can't take it away from that. And But it's, it's sad that it's only relegated for a month and it should be the whole entire year. Right. And uh, it's it's in everything. It's a part of absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, professional sports, unprofessional sports. Uh, <laughs> the, the first, uh, Willie O'Ree, the first black NHL player, uh, today they announced they're retiring his number. Mm. It's, you know, it's it's everywhere. It's mm-hmm. not just wow. in February, but I kind of thought that's what someone would say. That uh, <laughs> Sister Sylvia, you, how do you, how do you feel about Black History Month? Well, I'm I'm like Reverend Kino. Um, we celebrate all year, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, and I I thank God that now, um, at least in my church, I have six nationalities, and I've taken it beyond just celebrating coming out of the cotton field or talking about being whipped and beaten, but to be able to talk about the accomplishments that black people have made to society. And, um, and I, and I again say um, what um, Reverend Kino said, but I, I'm thankful that that's the time of year that the United States sets aside to honor give honor, speak about, we can watch the movies <laughs> on TV uh, about Black history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then um, to plug a previous episode that we haven't recorded yet, as well as our <laughs> friend's book, uh, Pastor C.T. Kirk, you know, he writes yes. how the West whitewashed history. And I think that that's also kind of adds to the significance, right? Because yes. it's been ignored for so long. We need to have special focus on it to kind of rebuild what was taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, that kind of is both viewpoints on Black History Month. Is that, you know, <laughs> Black History isn't just a month and that, well, yeah, we ignored it for so long. Mm-hmm. It gets its own special month. But uh, yeah. A lot of validity to both those. And also to say to, um, uh, you know, and and I'll I'll admit my age again. I'm not going to tell you what it is unless you're going to send me a gift Um, of the amount. Um, You know, I've heard white people say uh, that their children come home. Oh, all it is is black history. All it is is black history just because of the special emphasis. But I think we need to, we, we are at a place now where we need to put people in check. We've had white history all of our life. Mm-hmm. All of the accomplishments of white people. But yet a lot of times behind those accomplishments were black people. And the right. white people just got credit for it and got paid for it. Um, so I think we are at a place now where we need to verbally correct our fellow people mm-hmm. that will say, I'm sick of black history and it's only the 3rd of February, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have white history is is implied it, it is a given it is it has always been but i think it's time that we honor give honor to whom honor is due yeah right and it's it's weird because to me personally uh 
kids in high school spend nine, 10 months in school a year. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those months. Except for this year. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, man, poor kids from now on, they're just going <laughs> to hit yeah. school all the time. Like, yep, we're going online today. But, uh, but anyway, uh, they take one tenth of their academic year to learn about 18% of the planet. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, kind of I mean, that doesn't seem that drastic to me. Yeah. No. Well, uh, and what's interesting, you know, I heard this before. Actually, I think I might have heard this in How I Met Your Mother. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> the um, the thing is, we don't call it, you know, white man holiday. We call it St. Patrick's Day. We, you know, we call mm-hmm. it uh, Irish pride or we call it, you know, mm-hmm. Italian pride. And all those things are fine. But then when it or you becomes, call it Tuesday. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we call it Tuesday. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> Thursday, that's just mm-hmm. a Norwegian thing. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh but with all that being said, uh we did want to ask you guys, do you have a favorite black church leader or theologian that you could tell us about? It doesn't have to be from history. It could be someone now or in the future, I guess. In the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prophesy to us who your favorite it hasn't even been born yet. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to step in um Reverend Keno, if you don't mind. Um, um, right now, my favorite person, one of my favorites would be uh, Raphael Warmack, mm. the first black man to represent Georgia in the Senate. I loved what he said after he won. He said his mother is in her 80s, maybe close to 90. He said that the hands that pick cotton on a Georgia plantation uh, was able to vote and picked her son for the Senate. And I think that is a great accomplishment. Um, I am proud of him, of um, his spirit, his attitude. And I know a lot of people probably going to complain about being a Democrat in that one issue that people always bring up. But, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And um, I'm, I'm just really proud of him uh, right now. Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, Phil Vischer also has a video he did about that one issue you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. about how, you know, politics stuff, but we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a video game? No. <laughs> 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 I met your mother. Whatever. That's funny. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, though, the, the game from earlier, it was Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh. Uh, yeah, I figured it out. Okay. <laughs> but, that you know, that's beside the point. Okay. Good job. So, uh, Reverend <laughs> Kino, do you have a favorite black church leader or theologian that you could tell us about real quick? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I do. And I was I was wondering, and I'm, I'm going to actually just give homage to James Cone, mm-hmm. who, is, who is the father of Black liberation theology, mm-hmm. um, for the, the fact that he was able to give a voice to Christendom that the suffering Jesus 
is the one that saves all of us. Yes. Because of his because of his stripes, we are all healed. Mm-hmm. Um, because of his sacrifice, we can now have new life and that's found in Christ. And 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 I I um it's it's interesting that um that even though he wrote his his uh, thesis and books back in the 60s, that is still relevant now, that's still prevalent even today, mm-hmm. that you have these different uh, sets of ideas that comes from that, the, 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 um, the, the Latin the, uh, Christian theology and womanist movement and the feminist movement came all out of there. You know, mm-hmm. and so and so it's it's just for me, it's just James Cone. That's that's mm-hmm. James, yeah, James Cone. Fantastic answers. Spell that name. Um Cone C O N. C O N. C O N E. Yes, ma'am. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read the biography about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he was a great, great, yeah. great guy. He, he was a little. He was a little man. He was a little man, but <laughs> how little? He was, he was. He was a great speaker, though. Great speaker. How little? Uh, I think he had you by an inch. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's funny. I was trying to figure out if he was uh, comparing him to himself or if he was comparing him to uh, Napoleon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Napoleon was about my height, so. Well, good things come in small packages. I agree. Mm-hmm. On to our next question. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we start to wrap up, uh, is there anything uh, you two think our listeners could do to further the cause of racial justice and equality today? Kind of, you know, not, not about the church, unless mm-hmm. it is about the church. Uh, can I go first, Reverend? Please, ma'am. Um, I think everybody needs to get a friend that doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sit down and use your influence to let this person know who you are, where you came from, some of the things you have endured. As I as I look at the world today, uh, a lot of it is fear that 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 breeds the hate and and it's only because you don't know me um tj you you and 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 um my other son you've known me now almost how old are you yeah that's how long (laughs) you (laughs) you know so much so that i can influence your life so much so that there's some things I can tell you that you couldn't take it from a stranger. Um, mm-hmm. So I think everybody needs to open up their circle, mm-hmm. pull somebody in that doesn't look like you, and sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It would drastically change the world. Right. Good word. <sighs> I man, I don't. I listen. I just second that. I'm not even gonna add anything else to it. I second that because I mean, was what that's that's very true. If you bring somebody who is different from you, who thinks different from you, that mm-hmm. has different views, and you have a conversation, 
And at the end of the day, you will find that there's something similar that you all like and enjoy. Exactly. Whether it be Star Wars or Mm -hmm. How I Met Your Mother. I don't care. There's (laughs) always something (laughs) that brings Mm -hmm. us together. And and regardless of our differences, God made us that way. (laughs) God made us that way. That we can be different, but we still serve the same and awesome God. Um, I want to tell you, when I was in the seventh grade, I chose to go to the white school. And that was during a day that they were bombing and having bomb threats. And um, some days they just say, okay, the bomb threat, it was false. How do you know? And and I was blown away with the thought that they would, they hated us so that they would blow up their children trying to get us. Mm. And I remember being in the seventh grade and I was the only black person in my class, which now I realized that God was setting me up for how the rest of my life was going to go. Went to the cafeteria. I was scared to death. I sat at a table by myself while the other class members sat over. But two white girls, Audrey and Pam, came over and refused to let me eat alone. Mm. And I'm here to tell you today at age, um, we all are turning 66. The baby boomers are getting old. Um, <laughs> that means y'all got to send me $66. But I'll take it <laughs> cash app. I'll give that to you after we log off. But um, they refuse. And, and we're we're good friends now. We call mm. each other. One, Audrey, her daddy owned Dominion Freightline. Um, mm. Right now, I can't remember what... Um, um, Pam's dad did, but they refused to let me eat alone. And that friendship has lasted now almost uh, well over 50 years. Um, I preached at my home church in High Point um, in October. No, it wasn't October. It was pre-pandemic. I can't remember when it was. And they all came. And we played on the basketball team. And of course, I sat on the bench, but that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> but everybody needs somebody in their life that doesn't look like them, that didn't t- grow up in the neighborhood and have a conversation. Right. Amen. So, uh, what do you think would happen if everyone just did that? Just everyone listening just went out and made a new friend that doesn't look like them and started talking. I think what would happen is like what the Bible says, people would put down their weapons of war, mm-hmm. put down their plowshares and their and their, you know, their knives and their guns. I think people would put it down and realize, hey, they're they're just like me. Um, I recently moved into a new neighborhood in April. And <laughs> I think my neighbor heard of uh, you know, that I was black before I got here. And um, I don't think he's going to listen to this. But anyway, so he <laughs> he, he commences to build a, a, a six or seven foot fence. Mm. And, um, and he didn't realize. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know. I'm not an outdoors person. He didn't know. I didn't have black children. <laughs> he didn't know, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm a, a certain kind of preacher that, that don't have a ruckus and a fuss. And um, he came over to light my fireplace for me the other evening. He said, 
my wife and I laugh at you. You come out of your garage like the Batmobile. You stop at the mailbox, check your mail, and then you go where you got to go, come back to, you know. And I wonder if does he say, man, I wasted my money on that fence. <laughs> She's not a problem. <laughs> um, I, I think it'd be peace in our neighborhoods, peace, even in our churches, peace in our cities, peace in the world. As I watched the events last Wednesday, I said, possibly nobody in that crowd has a good black friend. Right. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, we're recording this January 12th. I know this is coming out at the end mm -hmm. of February, but uh, for us, those events are still really fresh in all our minds. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Uh, did you guys see that picture of, uh, of those two uh, black, I think they were teenagers with, you know, uh, some younger black dudes were out there in uh, Capitol Square. Capitol Hill, whatever, uh, selling the uh, selling Trump hoodies, and someone no. tried to interview them. Mm -hmm. and they they wouldn't answer the questions. They just said, "Look, I'm not I'm not they here to support to this, but they're but they're paying 140 dollars for sweatshirts." <laughs> yeah. that's just funny. Oh man! So, uh, Reverend Kino. I did want to get your take on the same thing. If if everybody did as you both suggested, and um, she made a friend that didn't look like them, you know, doesn't necessarily, you know, if you're black, doesn't have to be a white friend. If you're white, you don't have to mm -hmm. find a black friend. Just someone who doesn't look like you. What do you think we'd see change? You you will see a world that has a better understanding of what God looks like. Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, a better understanding of of somebody who is on the different side of the road or a different aisle that their perspectives is their perspectives and still I respect them as a person and their ideology ideology I can't even get the word out <laughs> ideologies are theirs but I still love them that mm -hmm. we can disagree and still say I love you at the end Mm -hmm. We can we can we can have we can have an argument and still go out and yes. eat at the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. So so <laughs> that I believe that if we did that, then it would help to bring peg us down and thinking that we're better than everybody. When in actuality, we're all the same. Mm -hmm. We are mm -hmm. all the same. We all at the end of the day, those of us who have children want all of our children to have the best education. Yes who want all of our children to get the best that this world can offer them, regardless of where they are. They want all, we don't want none of our children to go hungry. Nobody left behind. So no, nobody's child should go hungry, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so I just believe that it will be a better, a greater understanding of, of what is needed, um, what is, what is view, what other views are. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but I, I will watch Fox News just to see what mm -hmm. they're talking about, just yeah. to understand mm -hmm. um, yeah. so that I can be well informed. Yes. Not that I agree, but but it's still to be informed, to understand. So when I do have a conversation, I can understand your fear. Mm -hmm. I can understand your, your concern that the government is trying to take over certain things. Yes, yes, I agree. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
we all want the best for our children. We want the best for our families. Mm-hmm. We want the best for our communities. We all want that. We mm-hmm. all want those things. And so I believe Amen. it will just allow us for a greater, greater understanding. Amen. Right. That's definitely true. Uh, making a friend who doesn't look like you. Uh, I, one of my best friends uh, for the past eight years, I want to okay. say. Talking about me? No. Kino? Uh, you're a white guy. Uh, has been, uh, you know, I, you know, one of my best friends the past eight years is a mixed guy. Uh, he's Portuguese mm-hmm. and, you know, African-American. And I have learned a lot, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. being close with him for eight years. And it's definitely, it's definitely something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It changes. Yeah. Well, one of my most uh, cultural events in life was, uh, when me and a, uh, a youth pastor, who was born in Tanzania, both went to um, Shama. <laughs> yeah, 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 Shama. A lot mm-hmm. of our listeners know who he is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we we actually went to um, New Orleans together on, on a day Ooh. trip. Mm-hmm. That was the most cultural event in my life, guys, because <laughs> I got to see <laughs> so many different perspectives of so many different people. All just mm-hmm. throw... And we accidentally ran into Comic Con, and it, there was just so much going on that day. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's the point is but you've had that exposure. You know, Correct. You've had the yes. exposure. Right. Yes. Yes. It's New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> but uh anyways, uh you guys, you've both been here before. You know how we like to end our show. Uh we like to do our God moment segment. Uh, we just share something God has done in our lives recently, whether it's a blessing, moment of worship, a challenge, anything like that. And uh, I always make Josh go first, so the rest of us have plenty of time to think. So, mine's going to sound like a plug, because it kind of is a plug, and I'm sorry. But uh, this year, just the beginning of this year, I've been reaching out to different authors of books that I I personally enjoy, and people that, in my head, are too important to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a lot of people who've agreed to be on this show, which... I'm really excited about, you know, Temper Longman. I got an entire commentary series by the guy, you know, I got Greg Allison, you know, um, the guy who wrote In the Beginning, We Misunderstood, which is a pretty controversial book, but it's really interesting to me. And just these people that I never thought I'd get to speak to that I'm like, wow, God is allowing something to happen here. And, you know, I just feel so blessed to have the opportunity to speak to these people, to speak to Sister Sylvia and Kino so many times. And we have so many <laughs> return guests that we've built special relationships with and just kind of seeing how this year has been scheduled for the podcast. And just it, it's been a pretty big blessing for me. So that, right. that'll be mine. All right. All right, TJ. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. I thought Sister Sylvia was about to, to take it over and <laughs> you know, preach a little. but. Uh, I, you know what, I already mentioned it once, but it is really important. Uh, Willie O'Ree, the first black NHL player, is getting his number retired. They announced it today. And I, I think that is a very important step because I know a lot, most of you probably don't know, uh, there's been a little racial tension in the NHL over the past year because, you know, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. But, uh, it's getting a little, it's been a little tumultuous, tumultuous, uh, mm-hmm. but they are taking steps to deal with it. The, the Willie O'Ree retiring isn't 
that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, they've they've got uh, diversity teams. They've got uh, a, it's a squad of black NHLers dedicated to making the game a more acceptable place for you know their their own people. And it's it's great that it's finally happening. Great because it's not you know people don't think of hockey and think of black players because mm-hmm. you know that's you know hockey's a white guy sport mm-hmm. yeah i exclusively think of my friend tj when i think of hockey yeah 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 <laughs> but uh, somebody said i went to a fight and a hockey game broke out Go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're gonna see you know if if you're listening to this and you want to see nhl fights that's all you want to see you should watch this season because the all of the canadian teams are playing together and they all hate each other <laughs> they're not playing anyone else except for the other canadian teams so if that's what you want to see watch it but, uh, yeah that's mine you know it's just just something great all right so uh sister sylvia did you want to share something god's yeah. done with you recently i had um well this is a praise report Listen, my, my children are older than y'all, uh, but my, my second son, Antley, um, um, was laid off work and, and, well, lost his job, actually, because of the pandemic. Thought because he wasn't going to work that he didn't have to take his blood pressure medicine. And if you know Antley, that would make perfect sense. Um, <laughs> and his blood pressure one day went up so high, he lost his vision. Couldn't mm. see Mm. Went to the hospital. They sent him back home. Went to the hospital another day. He just gotten another job working for another company on a computer. He couldn't even see the computer. He was walking in the walls at home. Went back to the hospital. They treated him. Blood pressure extremely high. He's now on three blood pressure medications. Had to get glasses. But God spared my child from a stroke. Mm. And sometimes with the stroke, death is better because you're left so debilitated that, you know, you're just no good for life. And and I just give God praise for sparing his life, uh, doing all of this. You know, and moms, we're always thinking about the what could haves. You know, he could have been in the hospital with a stroke. I couldn't get to him. I couldn't help make decisions for his care or, whatever, but God, but God is still God in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. For a second there. And he looks fine in his glasses. He's, he's doing it. So um, for me, um, it's just to rediscover God in a new way. Um, I'm reading this book of um, How Good Do We Have to Be? by Harold Kushner mm-hmm. and um, he is he is presenting the uh, creation story in a different way he's a he's a Jewish rabbi and um, instead of talking about the the death and sin that's attached attached to creation as we all know he's saying that they have been made from animals into humans and their humanity is now being made known. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what is this? Is this? And so, and so just to be able to uh, 
um, be exposed to God in an aspect that I never thought, never considered to even knowing that we all know the 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 the, the Adam and Eve story in Genesis, but to to even though we know the story, just to go back to the story and see it in a new light, that's always good. Just to show me that mm-hmm. God is still awesome. God is still yes. can be revealed in his word. And and what's what he said is true. Um God is still the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Awesome stuff, guys. Awesome stuff. Um, thank you so much, both of you, for your time. Uh, of course, we get one thing we like to do after the show. Uh, but before we go, uh, where, where can people find your church, hear you guys preach? Uh, Reverend Keenan, where can they find you? So you can find us online. We have a website. It's unionbethelamez.org. You can Google us, and it will come right up. You can find us on our Facebook page or YouTube. Um, yeah, we're there. So just Union Bethel, Amy Z, and we're there. All right. Awesome. And uh, Sister Sylvia, where can they find your church? It's a Fountain of Life, Church of God of Prophecy in Rock Hill. Uh, yeah, no, it's the Place of Grace, Church of God of Prophecy. Um, right now, you can find me on my Facebook page in Sylvia Dolores Brown Staten. Um, send me a friend request and you can hear me preach every Sunday um, at one o'clock. I chose one o'clock to give all the other preachers time to get finished. And then <laughs> I go do that. Maybe I, should, maybe I have 700 views if I do that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, well, when know. I started, I was um, in transition. I was living with my mom, waiting on my house to come through. And they had church at 12 o'clock and um, they were listening to their pastor and I'm trying to preach um, um, to my congregation. So I just decided I'd do it at one o'clock so that they could be finished. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, it, and it just worked. So, uh, but that's where you can find me. Um, we're located 830 South Spruce Street here in the big city of Rock Hill. But for right now, Facebook, Sylvia Dolores Brown State. Um, on Facebook. You know, Sylvia, you keep saying you're old, but you use Cash App. You know how to use hey. you know, Zoom, an iPhone. Listen, iPhone. I'm just like wine. Messages. Wine gets better mm. as it ages. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> so, uh, so, so future guests for the podcast, uh, we've got Pastor J.R. Martin. Uh, That's Josh's godfather, uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Will Rose of the Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Brothers Niles Merritt, who you guys have heard the name of a lot listening to this show, but he hasn't been on yet. So <laughs> looking forward to that. And oh, yeah. uh, of course, at the end of the season, we'll have Francis Chan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't know that. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. we're going to have as many episodes as it takes for him to, to agree. On. Yeah. We'll and once he agrees show. to be on, we'll do we'll do season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. The, after he tells us what season two is about, that's going to be what right. that episode yeah. will be. Actually, <laughs> we'll just ask Francis Chad, "What should season two be about?" <laughs> yeah. All but, right. Uh, <laughs> thank thank you both so much for your time. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys take but, care.